It has been said for generations that the town of Chiorres holds a secret. Generations ago, when a noble demon was driven from the city, a great treasure was left behind. It awaits, they say, anyone with courage enough to seek it, in a secret cavern glittering with long-abandoned jewels flooded with the echoes of a capricious sea. Today, seeking provisions rather than riches, the crew of the Westbreaker has put aside in Chiorres. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. I am your host, Kat, and I'm I'm in charge on this train. Choo-choo. For now. Our passengers tonight are Nick. I'm still here. Nick's still here. Kirsten. I'm still here. I'm the best at derailing trains. Absolutely. Do you even have a ticket? No, no, I just found my way on. Like, you know, hobo bindle style train hopping. 1930s clown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. If you follow me to first class, you'll find Kathleen. Um, I'm sorry, pardon me. This is the train that's bound for glory, right? I hope so. This train. This train. Here's what I know that there ain't no getting off of this train we're on. We're on this train for life. <laughs> okay. Well, the train is moving, so we can't be neutral. <laughs> I don't have to do anything this week. Y'all, y'all are getting it for me. Yeah. Yep. Great. Excellent. <laughs> so because you all did some learning last time, you guys can take a point in a skill that you learned Nick, since Cobb was mostly doing the teaching, he could take a point in a skill that he taught. Yay. I will do that. So I think Penelope's choices are survival nautical and athletics. Tissa's choices are survival nautical and performance. And Cobb's choices are athletics, performance, and survival nautical. Mm, That's a tough one. I think I'm going to go with survival nautical. I think Cobb's shaking the rust off. I'm also going to go with survival nautical. Well, I want to go with survival nautical, but everyone else has picked it, and so I feel like I can't. <laughs> uh, I'll take it anyway. Oh, that's the spirit. That's the spirit. Okay. So when... When last we saw our heroes, they were putting ashore in a sweet little fishing village. The walls are kind of a dusty brown color. Most of the buildings are low brick buildings. Some of them are much older mud structures that have been kind of artfully smoothed over into beautiful arches and adornments. It stands at the mouth of a river that catches the sunlight and glitters like silver. And all the cheerful little fishing boats bob placidly in its harbor. And you can hear seagulls just cheerfully screaming at each other like they do. Oh, yeah. So cheerful. Yeah. They're having a great time. Somebody's got fries. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Probably their primary concern. 
this seems like a real good place for the Westbreaker to put ashore for provisions. Clara comes down the gangplank and starts kind of immediately examining the structures of the city. She's found a wall to stare at and has begun to take notes. Marcus has a book in hand and is going over with the quartermaster what exactly needs to be purchased. And there is a gaggle of children, teenagers, young adults, people from all over the place. This is a seaside town after all. And they're all gathered around a single person. Her age is difficult to pin down. She's likely older than Penelope. She may be younger than Cobb. She is dressed in layers upon layers of silk, veils and skirts and dresses. Her face is uncovered and she looks around this crowd of people waving long slender arms and telling a story, gesticulating in a very controlled manner with a low, even, rhythmic voice talking about the history of this town, about the great hero who came here once to vanquish a demon, about the demon's mysterious curse and how it was overthrown by the courage of the village children who all ganged up to gather around this terrifying monster and pelt it with whatever they could find. And she's looking around and she leans in close and the children are very excited. They're very excited at the prospect that someone just like them could drive a monster out of their city. There are adults watching too. For the most part, they avert their eyes. Some of them have settled in to listen especially as she starts to talk about what was left behind after the demon was driven out, about the demon's lair filled with piles and piles of treasures just right there waiting for the taking. Diamonds, she says, and rubies, and she lifts one of her veils and it shines a deep pinkish red in the light. And the older members of the crowd kind of appreciate the story and start to to drain away with the exception of teenagers some reckless looking youths but the kids are listening quite closely nobody from your crew is listening because the only crew members who've come ashore so far are either doing important adulting or staring at a wall which is also important adulting yeah (laughs) yeah gal's gotta have a hobby yeah and it's not wind sprints Probably not wind sprints. It should be. So Marcus doesn't doesn't hear this either? No, he's uh, deep in conversation with the quartermaster. Probably budgeting or doing something similarly grown up. He he's always is sure adulting. That we have, yeah. you know, food. Food's kind of a big important thing. So I believe that I said that last week Tissa was just itching to just wander off into the wilderness somewhere. Um, but she has managed to get, like most of the way, into town, heard this, and is very much listening as intently as she can while still kind of being outside the circles of most of the people milling around. Okay. What are Cobb and Penelope up to? Penelope's also um, in town and has caught this story. 
she's fascinated by the like the veils and the the rubies. It's just it's it's caught her eye. Um, she might not be as treasure hungry as Cobb, but uh, she does she does like pretty things. Penelope is a crow. She enjoys shiny objects. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> She enjoys shiny objects and causing trouble. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. What do you cobbler? He's definitely listening more because he enjoys a good story. Uh, he has heard a million stories about treasure and riches. And in his life, he has found that most of them don't actually lead anywhere. And if you do find where they're talking about, it's usually just some cove full of seaweed. So he would love to find you know, hordes full of riches. But the last time that happened, um, didn't quite go according to plan. So he's, he's not as, uh, he's not as enthusiastic this time, but he's definitely doing the whole, like, if I won the lottery kind of thing in his head right now. Yeah. <laughs> and so she leans in close to the children in the front row and with, Eyes just glinting. She tells them about the mystery rock. Tells them about a cliff that emerges from the sea when the tide is low and the current is just right and the moon gives its permission. And the passageway to this undersea cave will open up. And anyone who's brave enough to dare it can go inside the demon's old keep and find the treasures that were left behind when the village children saved their town. Because, of course, being noble heroes, they didn't care about treasure. Of course not. Of course. And some of the children are nodding. Yes, of course. Of course they didn't. But some treasure would have been nice. Wouldn't it? And those nodding children also nod. And... um. One of the young adults watching kind of uh, snickers a little under his breath. He's uh, he's seated near where Penelope is watching, and he's got a book spread out on his lap and a stick of charcoal in his hand. And she continues telling her story about the mystery rock, that it's only accessible when the tide is very low and the moon is full. And sometimes if you listen... You can hear the sound of a flute echoing through the bay. And that's the sign that the time's exactly right, that the wind is blowing perfectly through these mysterious undersea channels and beckoning brave treasure hunters to the horde. And some of the kids are looking at each other. And certainly some of the teenagers are looking at each other. And she pauses. And if you go there, you're going to drown. <laughs> <laughs> Cobb is 100% budding in at this point. He he may be a treasure hunter and extremely reckless himself, but he also has, you know, lived on the sea for close to 20 years, so. Mm. Oh, he's right. Somebody who isn't very smart and very careful can definitely drown in a place like this. You must all promise me you'll be very smart and very careful. Oh, no. <laughs> and you mustn't go to places like that. Yes. No matter how brave you are, you mustn't. And the children are nodding like, yeah, we will. We absolutely will. And uh, of course not. The young man with the sketchbook is still snickering. 
the children are nodding and uh, children have this way of understanding when they're players in something, when they're required yes. to participate according to a script mm -hmm. that people lose as they grow up. So the children are all nodding like, yes, we mustn't. We absolutely mustn't. The teenagers have stopped even pretending. They look at each other and several of them look dead serious. Can I see what the kid is sketching? He's um, he's sketching the assembled people, the the crowd, and he's captured the um, the chubby, earnest faces of the children in the front row. Um, there's a little girl who's kind of clutching at her knees in his sketch, and you look up, and she's still doing it. Um, the only thing he hasn't quite finished is uh, the storyteller. He seems to be struggling with her face, and you can see on the opposite leaf of the sketchbook several attempts and failures that have been left in half completion. Hmm. I kind of I I I say to him, uh, you have a you have a very good eye. Oh thank you. And he looks up, he's kind of, he's dark skinned, he's got dark hair that is probably overdue for a haircut, and he's got a broad smile and kind of a prominent nose and he's gives you a big grin, and he says, yours aren't half bad either. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> hmm. he, uh, he holds out a hand. Hmm. Stephen Stageport, Hush oh. Wave Academy of Arts. Hi, uh, I'm Penelope, Penelope Hunter. It's nice to meet you. A pleasure. Your friends made his thoughts apparent. Cobb, Cobb meanwhile, is... <laughs> Cobb, Cobb is, like, again... He he has he respects the sea, so he's he's kind of look. If I gotta if I gotta fish any of these kids out from under a rock, <laughs> I'm coming. Like I'm gonna find where I'm gonna find. Like I will find you. <laughs> mm. Yes, and she she nods and she does lean into the children. Like he's absolutely right. Stories are one thing. Stories are for fun, but we mustn't go to dangerous places in search of treasure. We absolutely mustn't. And the children are all nodding because they know that they mustn't. And they're very good children. <laughs> oh, why is the and children understand things better than Penelope? <laughs> Penelope wants to go there so bad now. And so the story time ends and the children kind of gather and they go off in clumps talking to each other. And some of them are already kind of playing hero and they're all shouting at a pretend monster and throwing rocks at a creature only they can really pinpoint. And everyone kind of goes their separate ways. And the storyteller gathers up the the tips that she's made doing this in one of her silk scarves. Cobb will actually give her a, a, a coin as well. Thank you. It was a good story. Yeah, might, might as, like, yeah definitely. Um, it's a favorite around here. So, given that the story is over, Tissa is sort of like slowly wandering toward the edges of town. I don't think that she is necessarily thinking about anyone else right now. She really does have a need to get out of confinement for a little bit. Though. Okay. Are you are you letting the party catch you? Uh, are, you are you trying to avoid being caught by the party? Yeah, why not? Let's roll subtlety humanity. <laughs> I don't know why I asked that question. I'm a fool. <laughs> um, one success, actually. 
Okay. Cobb, Penelope, beat a one. <laughs> mm, oh, actually, I'm not great at sensitivity subtlety either. <laughs> You're not rolling subtlety. You're rolling sensitivity. All right. Sensitivity. You're trying to notice what she's trying to hide. Um, Cobb actually rolled very poorly and he gets zero. <laughs> Cobb is too busy, like, making sure the kids aren't going to go, you know, get themselves stuck in an underwater cave somewhere. I'm sure he has had to pull somebody out of an underwater cave at some point. Oh, probably. Mm-hmm. Penelope does notice. She gets one success. Okay. What do? Um, as Penelope kind of notices, she sort of uh, leans, leans to Tissa. Um, actually, I'm going to roll sensitivity humanity myself to see how... How good is Penelope at reading the fact that Tissa might just want some time by herself? Do you, okay, yeah. Does she understand or is she going to? Okay, we're going to roll to see if Penelope <laughs> understands something. Yes. Let's see. <laughs> One edge success. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say cue, cue the price is right noise, but. <laughs> With an edge success, I will let you know that that she wants to be on her own, I will give you a false reason. Okay. Okay, I'll take the edge success. Yeah, she seems upset. <laughs> it seems like something has bothered Tissa deeply, and she needs to be alone. <laughs> Good job. So as she's leaving, I kind, of, I kind of tap on the shoulder, and I say to her, um, let me know if you need anything. Um, I, I know you kind of want... It looks like you want some time to yourself. Just, you know, uh-huh. let me know if there's anything I can do. Uh, okay. Sure. <laughs> Penelope gives her like kind of a like concerned look, but, you know, wanting to be there, but not like give her her space too. And yeah. Like, and I think it's not always easy to read Tissa's facial expressions, but mm-hmm. there's definitely a little bit of like cocking her head as... Sort of like the way that like a dog does when they don't. <laughs> just like a, like a huh? <laughs> but yeah, she's just going to continue to, like, what's the environment of this town like, sort of like as you get past the little village itself? Chavez is not a particularly large town. Mm-hmm. It's small but comfortable. It's surrounded by low, soft hills, and the weather here is warm and dry. When the wind blows down from the north, Tissa can smell the familiar scent of the desert. Mm. We're not far from it. We're near the place where the desert meets the veldt. The weather here is quite warm, but it's dried out considerably over the week you've been at sea. I think that Tissa's going to go climb up on top of a hill that seems like a good one and maybe like gaze off in the direction of the veldt sort of while she waits for noon to happen and sort of like gets on the top of one hill and is like deciding whether this is the right hill to go to and just sort of like being aimless. Okay. Just wandering from hill to hill. Mm -hmm. Trying to find a perfect watching hill. Yes. And you find it. You find a perfect watching hill. It's not too steep on the approach side, but it's steep enough on the other side that you get a good view. It's got that kind of cresting wave shape. 
that makes for a very good watching hill. Perfect. It's got a nice tree growing on it. It's got big old broad leaves. It's just the right mix of shady and hot. Is this a tree that could be climbed? Mm, it would not be a super easy climb, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could climb it. Yeah, with that, uh, some sort of athletics roll on that. Okay, do it. Daring, that's a daring athletics roll. I got a success. Okay, yeah, success will get you up that tree. She's going to hang out until Hector says whatever he has to say for the day and just sort of hang out. Okay. So you hang out as noon approaches and the air warms up and the sound of the birds screaming at each other tapers off as they get used to the fact that the day has occurred. Man, I dunk on birds a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to say anything. I pick on birds as a concept, despite having a lot of affection for trash birds like pigeons. (laughs) I love pigeons. But man, dumbasses. But anyway, (laughs) um, so things have become quiet around you, and you can smell the desert on the wind, and you can feel air that's not quite as brutally dry as you're used to, but is still free of the stifling humidity of the jungle. And you can hear the wind rustle in this big friendly tree that you've climbed up into. And um, Hector's word today, I think, is meaning. Which makes sense. It fits with yesterday's adjective it really does and like it's a it's a good day to have meaning when we are talking about when we had someone else say a story and being on land again after being at sea yeah it's a good fit for today it's a good fit for today nice yeah today is a good day for meaning you gonna Actually, let me just, I'm going to roll a couple dice to make some decisions. Okay. While you're doing that, Tiss is going to jot down meaning. I, I'm i this close to having a tarot deck handy while GMing. Just like that's the degree <laughs> of my indecisiveness. Do it. Why'd you choose to have this character do something? I don't know. Queen of Cups came up. <laughs> do it, you big nerd. Okay. So, how much attention are you paying to the rest of the hill? Fits and spurts. Sort of like attention is wandering from one place to another. Okay. Give me a sensitivity roll and just let me kind of know what's, like, choose a skill. Um, sensitivity survival. Just because that sounds like thinking about the landscape to me. Okay. Thinking about the place that she is. Okay. Give me a roll. Ooh, not a good one. An okay. edge success. Hmm. Actually, two edge successes. I forgot. I had another die, but I didn't roll. Jeez. Two edge successes. What am I going to do with edge successes here? Um, edge successes. Um, I'm just going to kind of give you the most ambiguous portions of... <laughs> good enough. ...of stimuli. I'm not going to give you the, the giveaways. Um, you hear footsteps coming up the hill. Hmm. And you hear kind of a clattering. 
So let's do a sensitivity humanity. There arose such a clatter. There arose a clatter. One success. One success. Um, there's another thing you pick up, and that is the smell of food. Oh, okay. Something spicy. It's, you've been to this region, I'm assuming, or near mm-hmm. to it before. Yeah. And eventually you're... Oh, I just hey. thought you might be up here, Tissa. And it's, it's oh. Marcus. He's got, a, he's got a tray. Hello. It is um, lunchtime. Oh, I guess it is. Um, the rest of us were eating, so I thought I'd bring you some. Are you all right up there? Oh, yeah, I was. Yes, it's just a good place to be. Mm. Oh, noon, of course, of course. Mm. My apologies. No, it's fine. It's, it's, uh, do, it's meaning today. Mm. Mm. How ambiguous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it makes sense. Mm. For it to be ambiguous? Uh, no, for it to be meaning. Mm. I think you understand literature better than I do. Um, Tissa doesn't really know how to respond to that. So... I was going to ask, meanwhile, what have Cobb and Penelope been doing? Well, I just want to say I love all interactions between Marcus and Tissa. They're amazing. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> That's why I put them there. <laughs> I'll admit it. <laughs> um, Marcus is a very good character. Yeah. A pair of awkward stoics trying to communicate. <laughs> they, they just really do not get each other. <laughs> They get each other even less than they get everyone else. (laughs) That's what makes their bond so special. Yeah. Yes. That's what I love about it. Uh, Yeah. So what have you two been up to? Um, Did Stephen stay like once the talk was over? Is Stephen kind of milling around or? Yeah. He's uh, he's milling around. Uh, He just kind of seems to be wandering aimlessly. Hmm. He's got his sketchbook. She kind of strikes up a conversation and um, just is asking him some, yeah, just strikes up a conversation. Um, So have have you been in this town long? Mm. We arrived last week, something like that. You guys just came in, right? Yes, yes. We just came in uh, this morning. Mm. We arrived... um, We've been coming up the, the coral coast. Mm, that big old ironclad. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely a new thing to me. I, I haven't shipped much, but uh, oh. I'm learning. Um, got a crew and some really, uh, really strong um, sailing, sailing knowledge on the boat. So I'm, I'm picking mm. things up. Sounds like it. I, I mean, I grew up on the docks, so I'm free to answer your questions. For instance, they do prefer you call it a ship. They get very mad if you say boat. Uh, I, I, I will keep that in mind. Um, that one's free. Well, maybe, maybe you can help me. Um, mm-hmm. I have some. I tried doing some sketches here of different like 
rigging and things like that. But it's mm-hmm. just, it's not quite right. Perhaps you can um, help me fix these, uh, make them oh. a little bit more realistic. Yeah, let's take a, let's, let's take a look. Absolutely. Mm, why, thank you. Oh, I knew you were an artist. I could tell just by looking at you. And he gives you that grin again. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, uh, it's, it's, it's something I just kind of picked up to, to occupy the time while, while watching the herd. Mm. So you said you're studying at the, the Arts Academy. Yep. Oh, how long have you been there? Um, goodness, it's been some three years since uh moved out here with my sister. Well, oh. out here to Hushwave, but I'm kind of on sabbatical right now. Kind of just doing my own thing. Hmm. Getting, getting some... Hiatus? Is that what they call it? I think it's sabbatical. I think it's a sabbatical. Sabbatical sounds right, I think. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're... I mean... A little stiff there, Penelope. Hmm? The lines, I mean, the lines. Oh, the lines. Uh, You're... um, e, yeah, I, I don't, I, I can't quite get get things as fluid as I would like. Um, it's still, yeah, still a bit rigid. Um, hmm. Drawing is like talking to women. You just do it a lot of different times, and you make it a little different each time, and eventually you'll find the right one. Line, I mean. I, 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 I guess that's, I guess that's true. Uh. That's what I've learned, anyway. And he's like, he's about your age, but he definitely has some wisdom to share at age probably 19. <laughs> um, well, thank, thank mm. you. That's, uh. Yeah. Very helpful. Instead of drawing a line, deciding it's the line, draw lots of lines and then find the one that works or combine them into one that works. Oh. That's in my I see, I see, anyway. like this. And then she yeah. starts like... Oh, no, I was talking about pickup lines again. <laughs> Pay attention, you're a terrible student. <laughs> and he laughs. No, try, try. Go ahead. Penelope blushes a little bit. And Penelope got dunked on today. <laughs> Someone needs to dunk on Penelope. This is, this is just Cat extending dunking on curse into other realms. <laughs> and Clara walks up and starts talking about how dumb Penelope is. She's here too. <laughs> okay, so Penelope is getting art lessons. What is Cobb doing? Is getting art lessons and getting hit on. Yeah. <laughs> and is sandbagging the whole time because Penelope also has Kirsten's <laughs> ultra instinct ability to sandbag. Right. Okay, <laughs> listeners, I made a joke a couple weeks back that I was Pagliacci because I was depressed. And, and Kirsten not getting this joke has just stuck in Nick's cross so hard. <laughs> it's been driving him crazy for weeks. It was beautiful. No, it, it wasn't that she didn't get the joke. Kirsten said, oh, how did the appointment go? That isn't not getting the joke. That is sandbagging, like, that is ultra instinct sandbagging. 
Oh, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful interaction. <laughs> I just, I, I'm, it's still stuck in my craw because I will never be able to dunk on Cat that hard. <laughs> Ever. Oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> And the thing is, I didn't even I didn't even get what sandbagging was, and then I was like, "What sandboxing?" Double double down on the sandbag. Then she started sandbagging Nick too, and that, whew, that was (laughs) great. She is a complete master. But um, anyways, though, Cobb is Cobb is probably just out like enjoying enjoying the day. Probably, uh, you know, going to some nice place to eat, something like that. While he does enjoy. Seafaring rations. There's only so much hard tack yeah. a man can eat before he, he wants something else. So when Marcus says we're eating, he probably meant that he and Clara and Cobb had gone to get something? Or is Cobb going on his own? Yeah. No, Cobb, Cobb would would hang with them. So he's probably back with, with Clara while Marcus goes and takes food to, to Tissa. Yeah. Because, like, they've been looking around, and then he's like, oh, yeah, noon. Yeah, Tissa's going to be Tissa-ing. Because I would imagine Marcus, or not Marcus, I'm not even, anyways, Cobb is trying to make small talk with Clara, who is most likely ignoring him. Yeah, a little bit. She has a plate that has had all the vegetables pushed to one side, and she is eating the meat, and she gives the bread a tentative try and decides she's okay with the bread. But she doesn't like how much sauce is on it. So there's also kind of a pile of sauce in the vegetables. And oh, no. She's Cobb is the also worst. then probably stealing vegetables. Yeah. And I think several other members of the crew are eating with you guys. And they're, um, they're also happy to be ashore. There's at least one crew member who's from this region and has been dying to eat at this restaurant since he left port last. Aww. I think that's where you guys get the recommendation. And the food is spicy and rich, kind of food you find in arid places. And it's sopped up with a, with a kind of a, a fluffy, very light bread, which Clara is okay yeah, with. Yeah, I, I'm just imagining Cobb as, you know, trading stories with the other crew and then turns kind of to Clara and is just like, you know, and, you know, how has things been with you or, you know, what do you kind of stories do you have? And is kind of probably getting shut down, but like not on, not on purpose. Just, Oh, I was, I don't, I don't think he gets shut down so much as like Clara gives her usual response to Cobb, which is an absolute blur of technical terms. She tells you exactly what she's been up to today. And I don't know. You can roll me understanding engineering to see how much of it you understand. (laughs) I will totally do this. I have one dice. Do it. (laughs) I rolled a six. Yeah. Okay. So you understand that she said largely the same thing the other day, and it seems to be an ongoing practice. I think by the way she's gesturing that it has something to do with an arm. Mm. Cobb is is nodding approvingly um, and... And trying to follow, and also, like, while he is nodding approvingly, like, slowly stealing vegetables off of her plate and eating them. Oh, yeah. I think I think she doesn't care. She's not eating vegetables. She doesn't want to eat vegetables. <laughs> and eventually Marcus gets back. Uh, Tissa, are you coming back to eat with everyone, or are you going to eat on your watching hill? Uh, 
I think that probably since someone came like explicitly to get her, she's going to follow back. Okay, so Marcus and Tissa get back um, and kind of settle in with everybody, and there's a quiet that happens among the sailors when there's a commander present. Mm. Except Clara, who continues prattling. Mm-hmm. She's still talking about this particular ball and socket joint that she was struggling with due to the coefficient of friction being significantly higher than she'd expected on this particular material. But that's neither here nor there. Everyone's just having a lovely lunch. Yes, Cobb is, is half listening. And, oh, hi, Tessa. Hi, Tessa. You should really try some of these uh, these baked tubers of some sort. They're really good. And he is, he is of course, like waving uh, Clara's food. <laughs> oh, are those the are those the ones that I think I took those up one time? They they they're supposed to grow really slowly, but they take basically no water, and so everyone has them. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. Well, they're delicious. They are actually, yeah. Yeah, I think that food is going to be a good thing. Hmm. Yeah, I think. Um, Penelope eventually, uh, Stephen very suddenly and tr- like very suddenly uh, notices what time it is and apologizes. He's got to excuse himself. He has already kept his sister waiting and she is going to, quote, kick his ass square into the ocean. So uh, <laughs> he gives kind of just like a real awkward lanky bow and dashes off toward the hotel. Penelope waves and then she probably follows the smell of food and wanders up to the restaurant. Okay. So everyone's just having a nice lunch in a nice warm port. And eventually the conversation warms back up. Clara is still not eating. her Like she's got seconds by now, but she's only eating half of them. The meat's real good. It's real soft. It's one of those long simmered dishes. Mm. And so one of the sailors asks... So what did you guys think of the story, I mean? I thought it was very well told. Yes, the storyteller was yes. quite quite good. I mean, though, do you think it's true? Cobb kind of, like, leans back and, and sips at his drink. I think it might have been true at some point. Or maybe parts of it are true, but I've heard a lot of those stories. Like, a lot, a lot. And in my youth, I also went, I even went looking for some of them. Usually nothing. Every once in a while, you'd get an old footlocker, a cabin, a shipwreck. Um, as far as actual piles of gold, well, if you want a, if you want a lot of money... Usually you have to take it from people who have a lot of money. Hmm. I think that it's probably true because it's more about what it's for than what it says, that kind of story. You definitely know more about literature than I do. And Marcus kind of shakes his head and goes back to his plate. I mean, it it sounds like it's not too far from here. We could take a peek. It wouldn't hurt. Well, it might be... I think maybe taking a peek might work anyway, seeing as... <sighs> I have a feeling we may need to fish a couple of people out of the water. Mm-hmm. 
Did people go swimming? Well, mostly I just mean that... Marcus just kind of blinks at you, just like the expression <laughs> that he makes when you say stuff. <laughs> like... What? No, I, I Penelope. It's oh. just like... <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, I as I am sure that they, they are very nice kids, um, very believable kids, as, as Cobb kind of pats Penelope on the shoulder. <laughs> but as as a uh, adventuresome youth myself, uh, I'm a couple will probably go looking for it. Oh, hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I could see how that could be. Yeah, Grabby, pay attention to your elders. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Thank, thank, thank you for the backup, Claire. Yeah. If we're going to be here, uh, we will be here during low tide. So maybe we'll, maybe let's keep an eye out, or I guess an ear out, in case there is. It, it would not surprise me. Were there underwater caves around here that make those kinds of noises when tide is low? That's not a very. It is not a common phenomenon, but it's certainly not, you know, unknown or unheard of. I don't know anything about sea caves. All I. All, all I actually, I, all I really know is that they will kill you real good, real fast. Is is what I know about sea caves. Well, for for all intents and purposes, that's all we, you know, all that you really will need to know about something like that. They are quite beautiful, but they are extremely dangerous. Noble demons are also supposed to be pretty dangerous. But this one's not supposed to be here anymore, and we didn't die the one time we did meet one, so I don't know how to finish that thought. Does anybody want to roll me an understanding spirits? The difficulty is, I'm going to say three. Big no. (laughs) I have no, I do not understand spirits and Cobb. Understands very little. Yeah, I only got two. He understands the sea. And Penelope, yeah, doesn't get spirits as little as. Okay. Well, a Just lot checking. of other things. <laughs> if there Just was checking. something near here, maybe, maybe Tissa would get something. But apparently, yeah, I just got two successes. So. Okay. Well, Cobb is not trying because he has one die. Yeah. He is ill-equipped to deal with this. Cobb is more worried about the dangers of the sea than about any metaphysical dangers. Cobb can probably tell you about, like, f- like sea monster folklore, but in from, like, a not, probably not, like, a real, because, again, he doesn't actually have spirit, so he can tell you, like, what what pirates would call it. Or he can tell you, like, you know some other weird goofy name for something but it would totally be completely unhelpful to anyone actually trying to to be a demonologist so after you guys have finished your main course and you've moved on to some uh, peculiar creamy dumplings that have an almost floral scent uh, which Clara has decided is a little too vegetable adjacent for her the, uh, the storyteller walks in and takes a seat near the corner and just kind of orders a glass of tea and a dessert. 
One success on understanding humanity um, is this is sort of like, I guess, Tissa in a moment of self-awareness is realized that she is also decked out in like scarfs and that sort of stuff. But I don't know if Tissa had an aesthetic in mind when she was doing that. So it's a little bit weird to her to see something that's kind of mirroring that. This is what Tissa would dress like if she had an aesthetic in mind. If that makes sense. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like it's the same general style, but it's um, much more purposeful, I think. And Mm -hmm. it's the clothes are much. um, Well, they're certainly all much more expensive. Yes. So it's like if someone were to do a fashion collection based on Tissa. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't think that she says anything about that, but her attention is drawn over there for a minute. Roll me sensitivity humanity. Everybody? Nothing. Uh, Tissa said specifically that she's paying attention, so. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Uh, No, okay. All right. Cool. Neat. I'm just asking for these rolls for fun. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Here, I will do a, I will do a sensitivity focus so that you can finally get us to catch your plot hook, hopefully. Ah! No, don't worry. I've got darker ways of getting this, but thank you for your generosity. Uh, yeah, give me a roll. Go for it. Uh, one success. Okay. Oh, one success. One success will tell you that she, has, she does have a peculiar aura that is... Um, you know how when you meet someone and they smell like they've been in a hippie shop? <laughs> Just like kind of like a lingering clinging scent of incense. She has that, but in an in aura sense, in a metaphysical sense, like and she looks around the room and notices you and blinks and sets her tea down and approaches and approaches Cobb actually and says, I wanted to thank you for earlier. Sometimes I get carried away and I forget how very overeager these children can get. Thank you for reminding them how dangerous these things can be if taken seriously. Uh, oh, certainly. Um, sorry, it's I. I've had to fish quite a few uh, crew members out of those kinds of places before. Mm. Um, and yes, as an overexcited youth myself, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting old. That wasn't very cool of me, was it, now? No, Mm. but sometimes coolness is less important than preserving the lives of the people around you. Very true. The children may not have appreciated your coolness, but I'm sure their parents are happy. Well, we all have to look out for our crew. Isn't that right, Marcus? Absolutely. He nods. Some. Those members of others' crews who can't help themselves. (laughs) (laughs) oh dear have i said something funny i didn't intend to (laughs) we won't hold it against you marcus i don't suppose you'll explain my joke to me mr cobbler when you're older (laughs) (laughs) fair fair i have yet to reach your level of maturity (laughs) that's a good one marcus i told a joke on purpose Okay, now you're ruining Uh it. I'm glad. (laughs) I've been trying this whole time. And so the the storyteller kind of 
excuses herself and gives you another thank you and returns to her desk. Desk, seat, chair, table, food, restaurant, desk. You know. The, re- the restaurant is a converted library. The restaurant desk. Okay. You have an inbox and somebody fills it with food. <laughs> and you email Man, I, I w- somebody about your food I wish committee. That was, I wish work was like that. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. Instead, your inbox is full of work. Yep. And spam. When instead, it could be full of like nice tea and, and like bagel sandwiches. Yeah, it could be, but it's not. And that's heartbreaking. Very uh, true. Well, so I know what's going on, but I'm not sure how to get Tissa there. Okay. <laughs> welcome to welcome to the role player's dilemma. Yes. Welcome to the role player's dilemma. <laughs> She's going to take notice of, like, the weird energy, but I don't, like, like she doesn't have social grace, so to speak, but she does have enough humanity to know that, like, you can't exactly whisper to, within earshot of Penelope, hey, that lady feels weird. I mean, the lady's <laughs> gone back to her table now, so as long as you don't shout it, it's well, fine. That, that was not her concern, Kat. Oh. <laughs> her concern was not that the lady would hear it. It was that Penelope would hear it. You guys, you guys have to act as a party. I don't know if you guys don't do things because you're worried Penelope's <laughs> going to do something stupid. We're going to have to end this podcast. <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you guys. You know, you know what, you know what, Tissa, like, go for it. Does the storyteller feel kind of? Heavy to any of you? You mean like an intense story? Not, not, not like the story. Just kind of something about her. Hmm. Like, like she pulls on everything. Like stronger than any of you do. She, she can command an audience. That's for sure. Has a charisma about her. Hmm. It's not what I mean. Hmm. Huh. No, but she might not be a human, maybe. Hmm. Oh. Well, I suppose it wouldn't be the first one we've we've run into. I mean, I know that a lot of people aren't human, but like, I don't know. Hmm. Penelope's trying to do that thing where you like don't want to be like caught staring at someone but are trying to like look at someone from the side of their eye like no but th- this is this is exactly the sort of thing that she wasn't looking to have it was like I I don't like talking about people like that I don't know I just thought it was I just thought it was interesting hmm. well there's plenty of interesting people out there I, I guess I haven't gotten the notion that she doesn't seem to be a ranger, at least. Mm-hmm. Penelope's actually going to try to st- an understanding humanity to see if she she kind of is going to grasp what Tissa is. Yeah, go for it. Oh, two successes. With two successes, you can grasp that Tissa is extremely concerned that we are dealing with someone demonic in nature. Mm. 
and that Tissa is not certain enough of it to be able to say it out loud and thus provoke your curiosity. But joke is on Tissa. Also, Tissa... Tissa doesn't seem as upset as earlier. Oh, good. <laughs> Food always does help, uh, you know, quiet the quiet the mind and calm the soul. I'm not, speaking of which, I'm not going to eat these, Gabby. You want them? Oh. Penelope totally starts, like, taking some of the vegetables. Hey, and she, she puts a hand on your hand, and she looks you dead in the eye with those big brown eyes of hers, and she says, hey... Thanks for waiting for me to offer literally one time. I appreciate it. Uh, oh, oh, well, you're welcome. Good, good job. Good table manners. Proud of you. <laughs> and Marcus kind of snickers, oh, uh, I think, because uh, he's eaten with Clara. And this is really not a pot and kettle situation. Yeah. Pot calling the kettle rude. <laughs> so, my question then, Tissa, and Marcus sets his fork down, he's, he's finished, is what, if anything, we ought to do? So that's always the question, right? Is, yeah, it's easy to find out what something is, but what it does or what it means is a little bit harder. That wasn't an answer, was it? No. No, it wasn't. Well, whoever she is, she's certainly... All she seems to be doing at the moment is telling kids outlandish stories and, you know, t telling them about wonders of treasure, which, as far as I can tell, if that's all she's up to, then, I mean, so are so, are so many other people in the world that I've run across. You've, you've like fought and stolen from them and ran away from them is is my understanding right a lot of the, a lot of those times when I've been with you so yes <laughs> yeah 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 okay I have to admit my um, previous occupation uh, we didn't deal as much with those kinds of creatures you know I have met more horrors and more demons since I met you two then I think I had in, yeah, than ever before now. Are we just really, are we lucky? Are we unlucky? Maybe, maybe I wish we're... I could say the same. Mm. Well, yeah. Oh, sorry, I've done it again. I'm uh, making a conscious effort to be more pleasant dinner conversationalist. Mm. Well... No, I should probably be more considerate of that. Mm. But, um... Mm, my average is skewed in the other direction, so... Mm. Maybe we're both outliers. It's certainly something that I've run across more of functioning as a ranger than as a uh, sailor, shall we say. So, you guys finish your meal and return to the ship. Are you guys going to be staying in the ship or are you going to be getting rooms ashore? Cobb will stay on the ship. He he does enjoy the uh, accommodations. Would anyone mind if Tissa camped? Nope. Actually, I was thinking of um, me and Pollyanna kind of also 
camping out. Penelope's feeling a little claustrophobic. Camping trip. Camping trip. Mm-hmm. Maybe like more coastal side than um, like into the meadows. Okay. So night falls and the moon is full and the tide is low. And just as you're about to fall asleep, you hear the low droning whistle that sounds almost like a flute coming from over the rocks. And I believe that's where we're going to call it this week. And that means I believe it's memory time. Memory time. Yay. So this is the start of our first character arc, which means you can all share memories. But Kathleen, you've got to choose to give your memory points to someone else because we are doing Tissa's story. Yay, Tissa's story. Yeah. And Tissa's lesson is that sometimes the story is about you. And that's what this chapter is about. It's about Tissa. Tissa gets the spotlight for once. (laughs) Tissa doesn't do as many bananas things as Cobb and Penelope does. (laughs) Not as many. That was some real bad subject verb agreement, but don't worry about it. Um, Give me your memories. Feed me with your memories. Uh, I really enjoyed, honestly, I really enjoyed a lot of Marcus this time. I thought Marcus and Tissa's interaction was adorable. Uh, I enjoyed Marcus getting the chance to finally dunk on Cobb a little yeah. bit. Yes. It's, it's an important point in their friendship. <laughs> yeah, it, it can't all just be one-sided dunking. There's got to be, there's got to be the, you got to have the bat back and forth. I also actually really enjoyed the the interactions between Marcus and, and Tissa. It, uh, I, yeah, I really, I really like how we learn about their characters through their interaction, and it's pretty neat. Even though I had a little bit of a hard time sort of getting in rhythm with you, Kat, and like trying to move things forward, like I really liked a lot of the stuff going on. I thought that the plot hook is good, like with sort of opening with a mirrored version of my character, I thought was kind of interesting too. I hope your soundboard has a real ominous sitar. (laughs) <laughs> I've got a sitar. Okay, good. Excellent. Do you just have like an actual sitar? I don't have an actual sitar. Ah. I, I have Western guitars. And I guess my other statement is, is it possible for Steven to lay it on any thicker? <laughs> no, it's not. He's a... Um... He's, from, he's from a previous game. Yes. And it is wonderful seeing him again. <laughs> yes. Uh, I love that boy. He's amazing. <laughs> My favorite NPC yeah. from our other campaign. I'm sorry I had to yeah, do it. No, but uh, Cobb does not have the same relationship with him that my other character did. So it's going to be very interesting if he hangs around. Um, yep. <laughs> I think maybe that's why Cobb got it. I think I was tapping into a little bit of that where Cobb kind of got like for the children there, but... Yeah, oh yeah, a little Cobb bit. Also yeah. is, mm-hmm. Cobb also is. Cobb is also he is a nice guy at heart. Mm-hmm. He is. He is. E- eventually, he's a nice guy at heart. It's the rest of him that's a jerk. Yeah. 
You have to dig through all of his jerk chest meat and get past his jerk lungs to his genuine heart of gold. <laughs> yeah, it is true. <laughs> so I have one more question for Kathleen. Who is getting your point this turn, this sesh, sesh, uh, session? I found the word eventually. I'll give it to Kirsten for metagame reasons because she has fewer than Nick does, if I've been counting correctly. Okay. Thank you. All righty. Kirsten needs some some meta points, too. <laughs> okay. So that's it for this week. Thank you all, everybody, for playing with me. And thank you, audience, for listening to us. Um, I mean, this is episode, it feels like 5 million. And you've been here with us, and we love you. I think. We do love you. Is it you. like, what, 10? This is number twelve. Wow! I wow. Look, I I can't count. Just just say that they're all ten from here. I on keep thinking. I keep thinking sure that 10, won't get yeah. confusing. Yeah, I hit ten and I just stopped. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure iTunes will totally be cool with us just calling every episode ten. Absolutely, from here on out. that yeah. won't mess anything up. <laughs> so thank you for joining us. Um, let us know your memories. Um, as of yet, we haven't had anybody share any, and we want to know what matters to you guys. In your role-playing games and in your hearts and in your feelings. Um, we'll get there eventually, even if it takes us till episode 10. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Check us out on Twitter at PeachGardenRPGs. Visit our website, PeachGardenGames.com. Check out the email form you can use to very easily tell me what's in your spirit. And uh, see you next week in episode 10. Bye! Bye! Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye.